Thank you all so much for coming out. Didn't we have a great night last night? Bethel on Wednesday, and then Toby and Mandisa and all of our friends last night. But I just wanted just to reiterate, so many of you may or may not know that this creation uh, festivals doesn't own these grounds uh, that a wonderful ministry that Ken is a part of called Jesus Ministries does. And so it's always it's just a pleasure to be able to work with them. But we want you to always make yourself available that if this is a place you'd like to come to do another retreat or denominational meeting, they have many other facilities and they host events throughout the year. And so we just want you to know that this is not the only time of year that this is used is not just for creation. So we'd love for you to come back and be a part of that. Well, if you please, if you would please, I'd love for you to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 11. We're going to read a passage of scripture uh, that may not be super familiar to you, but I think it's going to bring out some really good truths for us this morning. And I'm excited, so thankful for all of you getting up this early and, and coming to, to sit out with us. We're so excited about what today and tomorrow have in store, what God has planned for us. So 1 Samuel chapter 11, starting in verse 1, then it says, Then Nahash the Ammonite came up and encamped against Jabez Gilead. And all the men of Jabez said to Nahash, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve you. And Nahash the Ammonite answered them, On this condition I will make a covenant with you, that I may put out all your right eyes and bring reproach on all Israel. Then the elders of Jabesh said to him, hold off for seven days that we may send messengers to all the territory of Israel. And then if no one is to save us, we will come out to you. So the messengers came to to Gibeah of Saul and told the news in the hearing of the people. And all the people lifted up their voices and wept. Now there was Saul coming behind from the herd of the field. And Saul said, what troubles the people that they weep? And they told him the words of the men of Jabesh. Then the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard this news, and his anger was greatly aroused. So he took a yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces and sent them throughout all the territory of Israel by the hands of messengers, saying, Whoever does not go out with Samuel and Saul to battle, so it will be done to his oxen. And the fear of the Lord fell on all the people, and they came out with one consent. When he numbered them in Bezek, the children of Israel were 300,000, and the men of Judah, 30,000. And they said to the messengers, who came? Thus they said to the men of Jabesh, tomorrow by the time the sun is hot, you shall have help. Then the messengers came and reported it to the men of Jabesh, and they were glad. Therefore the men of Jabesh said, tomorrow we will come out to you, and you may do to us whatever seems good to you. So it was on the next day that Saul put the people in three companies and they came into the midst of the camp in the morning watch and killed Ammonites until the heat of the day. And it happened that those who survived were scattered so that no two of them were left together. Now, this is a, like I said, a story you may not have, uh, have focused on a lot in the Bible, but it's still got some amazing truths to us. And one of the things that I was excited to remember is that this happened in the morning, just like we're here in the morning. 
And I'm not sure if you've ever been threatened with somebody, hey, if you don't do what I say, then guess what? I'm going to gouge out your right eye. But that's exactly what was going on here. But what really is going on here in this text? And why are the Ammonites so mad at uh, Jabesh Gilead? What, what seems to be the problem? Well, if you remember, um, the, the descendants of the Ammonites came from uh, one of Lot's two sons, Ben-Hamin. And so he was uh, one of Lot's sons, and so they were cousins. So the Ammonites were cousins with Israel. And as you know, you probably experienced this in your own life. Sometimes families fight, but hopefully not quite to this level. But that is the reality of what was going on in, in this situation. And so then why were the Ammonites coming after Jabesh Gilead? Well, if you think about the, the, the spatial area of where everybody was in Israel, Jabesh Gilead was on the east side of the Jordan. They were a part of the tribe of Gad. And they had chosen way, their, their ancestors had chosen way long ago that the Reubenites and the half-tribe of Manasseh had chosen to stay on the east side of the Jordan uh, because they loved the land there. They hadn't seen the west side, but they just fell in love because they had flocks. And they said, oh, this is the perfect place for us. But the challenge was, as it says in our text, they were seven days away from everybody else, or at least half that distance where it took three and a half days and then three and a half days to get back. They had isolated themselves uh, to some degree, and so that's why it took so long for there to be to see if there was going to be any help. So that's a kind of an overview of this, uh, of this text, and I don't know if this ever happened to you before, but I've at times have had my back against the wall, and these... Jabesh Gilead, they were, they were very much in that place where they didn't know how to respond. And so they were just saying, hey, is anybody going to help us? And uh, when Saul and the men of Israel come, they say, you will have help. I don't know, how many of you, how many of you are, that are here in the audience are still in junior high? Anybody still in junior high school? Everybody can remember junior high school, right? I try to block those three years out as much as possible, but I can still remember parts of it. You know, it's one of those traumatic parts of life where there's lots of change, lots of transition. I've worked with a lot of uh, junior high students over the years. But years ago, my wife, who is a wonderful, wonderful person, about five foot one, uh, she was in junior high. And um, she and this other young girl, they had an argument of some kind. And uh, my wife had said something that made her mad. And so they agreed that they were going to go out and fight. And uh, they were going to have a, a, a fist fight of some sort. She was in sixth or seventh grade. And so my, my wife, I didn't know her at the time. We didn't meet till years later. She, they went out on the, the schoolyard. And so, you know, that's probably happened to some of you before. But this was a little bit different. The other girl was friends with a lot of people at the school to the point where the whole school was standing behind this other young girl. And my wife, Shelly, she had one other young girl that was standing there with her. And so, as you might expect, they didn't actually fight. My wife just turned around and started crying. That was, that was her response to that because she had definitely had her back against the wall. And there was nothing that she could do to be able to overcome that pressure that was going on. Well, that was 23. Uh, we've been married for 23 years. And, and now I'm at a place where uh, I've had her back for all those times. And so we're excited that she hasn't had to face that, at least not all by herself anymore. So I don't know exactly what fight you may be facing this morning. Or maybe it's been a journey of a fight that you've had a challenge with for some time. 
Uh, you may have come to this festival, and, and even the people that you're with doesn't, don't really know the pain that you're dealing with on the inside. You're trying to be, maybe you're trying to be strong for others because you're the leader of the group. Maybe you're the one that organized this trip and got all your friends and family here or your church group or youth group. Uh, but God is uh, wanting you to not just persevere in your own strength, but he wants to restore the joy of your salvation t- this morning, this, this whole festival t- season of, of, of all the things that God has planned for you to encounter. So what do you do when your back is against the wall? Well, in this story, they, they yelled for help. But if that didn't work, then they were just going to go out and just try to fight it out the best that they could. And, it, and, and so it was a mess for them. So you either get to go out, um, and, and, and they chose, that, thankfully, that people ran to their aid. Thankfully, Saul and all of Israel came to their assistance. But what about us and our messes? We're so glad you asked. Another scripture that I'd love to share with you is Psalm 46. It's been such an encouragement to me in times when I've had challenges. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just as at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So what do you do when your back is against the wall? Well, hopefully the first thing you do is, if you're taking notes, is you, you choose to look to Jesus as the one that's going to be able to make a difference. Many times I'm a, I'm a doer, like many of the people here on the creation team, all these people serving and doing all these amazing tasks to be able to pull this event off. But in, when you're in a mess, there's, there's just many, for me, many times it's just limited what I'm going to be able to do of my own strength. And so I have to make a choice to say, hey, God, I'm going to pull back and I'm going to say, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? He's the only one that's going to be able to rescue me. He's the only one that's going to be able to pull me out of where I am. And many times that means that we can't choose to run into pleasure. Many times people do. They use that as an escape whenever they're in a a, a jam. Let me just seek pleasure so maybe that will help get me out of my mess. Or maybe sometimes people, they just choose just to run away from the problems. But many times those problems, they just follow us to new locations, and we still are in the same place. We're in a different place, but we're in the same problems. So we have to make sure we're looking to Jesus. The second thing that you probably already knew, but uh, we just want to make sure, uh, once again, we're just looking at the very basics of how do we trust God in these situations is to search the Scriptures for the specific encouragement that God has for your individual need. 
I remember years ago, uh, my wife and I were faced with a really traumatic situation, and we were trying to make a choice on what we should do next in our, in our ministry uh, career, and we, we weren't really sure what the next step was, and my wife told me, she said, we need to find a scripture. We need to find a scripture to stand on, and that was a new concept to me. I didn't really know exactly. I had been studying the Bible. I had read the Bible through every year for many, many years since I was a junior in high school, so I knew the Bible, but finding those, those, those rock scriptures to be able to stand on, that was a new idea to me. And so it was just a, a great opportunity for me to learn that principle. And so obviously having that daily time in God's word that I referred to gives us the basis to be able to seek for those special things that we need and believing that God's going to give us those nuggets every single day. We're not just reading the Bible just to check it off our list. Hey, we did it. I've been there before where I, because, I, like I said, I'm a doer. It's easy for me to say, hey, I accomplished the task. God, thank you. Now I'm going to move on and kind of carry on for the rest of my day on my own. Whereas rather God's trying to give us principles every day to help us walk through those choices. But in times of great pain, in times of great anxiety, once we have that base of, of a platform of, of saying, hey, I've spent time with God, then choosing to sit at his feet and say, hey, God, I really need you to speak something specific to this need. It's amazing when we take that time how God will respond. Recently, I was in Brazil and was uh, sharing different, um, uh, working on a project there where we're going to build an orphanage. And we went from outreach to outreach, and this uh, Brazilian um, businessman, everywhere we went, he wanted me to share another scripture and share another uh, encouragement for all these different outreach groups that he was bringing me to. And so it was one of those instantaneous moments where God had to give us, give me inspiration, and that's exactly what he wants to do for you in your time of need as well. So the third thing, we're going to look to Jesus, we're going to search the scriptures, but the third thing is we're going to surround ourselves with a small group of friends who will stand with us in our time of need. And that's going to involve choosing to walk in fellowship with a body of believers that maybe it's a, a little bit larger group, but then ultimately we want to go into deeper fellowship with a smaller group of believers. Maybe that's people that you go, uh, that you're in a, literally in a small group with, or maybe in my situation, it's sometimes it's friends that are all around the country that we just have, have a lot of shared experiences. And because of that, God's really used each other to be able to, to encourage each other in challenging times. I have a friend, and I'm going to bring him out on stage right now. Come on out, Van. And he happens to be here with me. We're, I'm going to t kind of tell uh, our, some of our story uh, about how we've uh, walked with each other. Some of y'all, he was one of the ministers that shared in communion with us last night uh, in their little skit that I thought was just so appropriate to be able to kind of depict what it meant to be able to care for each other. And so Van and I have known each other a long time and uh, in lots of different avenues, but the reason why we're friends now is because we've chosen to be able to care for each other. There's been times whenever Van uh, was in a place of need, and he lives in Nashville, and I live in New Orleans, and I didn't know exactly what was going on, but uh, Van's told me that several times he was literally in his driveway and contemplating, what do I do next? How do I get out of this mess? 
And I just, God would lead me to call him several times. And so that's, a, that's just the way relationships work when we choose to be able to invest time in each other. And so then years later, uh, this was some other things happened and passed. And about four years ago, I went through a place of great trauma. And it was just a, a, a ripping, a, just, a, 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 just totally, we just didn't have any idea of what was, my wife and I didn't have an idea what was coming. And uh, I was the doer. And so six months passed where I was just re, kind of rebuilding our whole lives. And then at the end of that six months, I realized, man, I'm really angry with some people. Not just angry, but I made a list of 25 people that I hated at that point. And I reached out to five friends. Van was one of those five. And uh, several ones of them uh, text back uh, different ideas real quickly. And Van and I actually had a trip where we were headed to, uh, together to, be a, uh, c- to connect with the creation team. And so at that moment, he really shared this amazing story with me. So Van had had a challenge in his relationship, challenge in his life, where he really was uh, in a place of unforgiveness uh, toward one of his close uh, relatives. And so he shared this scripture in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 and 44. He said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemies Bless those who curse you and do, those, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And so Van went on to tell me, he said, hey, in this relationship, man, I, didn't, I was not in a place where I could forgive him yet. And that's where I was. I was in a place where I knew it was wrong to say I hate someone because that means it, I would, in, in the New Testament, that means it's just the same as if I wanted to kill them. And so in the forgiveness journey, Van had, he said, I just had to start, go to the end of the scripture, and he started praying for them. And he would say, he started out, for 30 days, he said, I pray that you give Fred a good day, even though I don't mean it. He's not kidding. I'm like, Lord, give him a good day. You know I don't mean this, but do it anyway. And so Shelly and I started doing that together. Pray for Doug and pray for Fred and Sam and Susie. And miraculously, after that first 30 days, some of them, we could pray a little bit more. Hey, God, the compassion began to come. And all those things where we, we saw that was not about us anymore it was about what God was trying to move us into and what he was trying to do in their life as well and so the compassion began to come and healing began to come it took two and a half years for me to come to the place where I could feel like I had forgiven all 25 he said man that guy he's really messed up no doubt that's what I'm saying we're all in messes and we can all have our backs against the wall but we have to make the choice to surround ourselves with friends, surround ourselves in God's word, and choose to make sure that we don't try to just work it out ourselves because God's the only one that can be able to redeem it. So what do you need God to rescue you from today? Is it a family mess? Maybe a mess you help make? 
Or maybe it's just an attack on you that you never saw coming. God is not surprised by all this, and he has a plan to bring you to a place of health and healing. We just have to ask for help, surrender to God's plan, and then be willing to do what he asks us to do. Man, will you please pray for us all? Heavenly Father, we come to you right now appreciative of this moment where we can hear the truth and we can hear it in love and look at ourselves and realize even though maybe somebody has hurt us, maybe we have walked through something extraordinary that was debilitative to us, that we can come before you and place it before you in a real way and not just some religious way, Lord, but we can literally say, God, give this person a good day, and we can still be honest with you, Lord, and say, hey, I don't even mean this prayer, but maybe do it anyway. And Lord, just like in my life, after 30 days, I found myself praying, I give him a good day, I guess I mean it, and help him with whatever makes him so mean. And then, Lord, 30 days later, you did it. You just, you started to break my heart for this person, and and I started really interceding, and Lord, I just pray that for every one of these folks here who are, who are just possibly going through something, having been through something, holding on to something, Lord, that they will see that your scripture, Lord, is so alive and so real and is so applicable to today and to this moment. God, we just pray, Lord, that as we walk in your truth, that you will just be glorified and that your healing and your light will shine inside of us, Lord, and then be boldly shown to those around us. Lord, I pray that you will truly pour your healing into us, through us, and out to those with whom you've, you've given us the opportunity to interact. God, thank you for being so real to us today, and not just in pages, but in our actual lives God, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for this moment where we get to all be together in your name in this beautiful place. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.